Welcome back to the Cross the Browns podcast. I'm your host Chandler Adams, and uh, we're joined today by first time appearance, my cousin, probably the first person I ever watched a Browns game with, Aaron Deffenball. How you doing, Aaron? Oh, I'm doing. Thanks. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so you sound so excited for it. Um, give you guys a little background. Oh, okay. I think Aaron and I probably got in about 10 fake fist fights playing football in the backyard as kids. And we tried to act tough every time that we did it. I probably had 200 pounds on him our whole lives and it wasn't good pounds. Towards the end it was. Eh. Eh. But anyway, we're, we, uh, like, the last time John and I recorded this show, we said that we wanted to we wanted to get better at recording them and recording them more often. And now that I'm done with school, I really want to focus on that. So this is going to be um, we're going to have a Giants game specific one come out this weekend. But this is going to be just talking about Baker, talking about the Ravens game. And then the kind of the Browns as a whole. And then we'll, you know, we'll talk for five or so minutes about the Giants game and what that means and what they have to do. But, um, yeah, Aaron, I, (laughs) sorry, I just saw your face on the Skype and you popped up like a, like a, one of those meerkats. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) Um, so you know, you said before we got on that the Browns, Browns fans, uh, you said specifically after that Jets game, you went out and bought a Baker jersey. Um, Baker was definitely a jersey I got right away, but Denzel Ward was the first one I got. But anyway, you know, Browns fans that first year, they thought for sure Baker's the franchise guy. We got him. And then... You know, he had one of the best rookie performances we've ever seen. Last year, he was just not good. Uh, there's there's no sugarcoating it. He just wasn't good last year. A lot of that was situational. But nonetheless. And then this year, it was his fourth coach in his third year. Fourth offense. Um, he's got a lot of pressure on him. He's got two superstar wide receivers and two superstar running backs. He's got a feed. It's, it's a tight end. It was a lot, and he wasn't performing well at the beginning of the year, really, to put it lightly, to not put it lightly. And uh, But the last seven weeks, I tweeted this on Monday night right before I went to bed, and you guys, most of you listening to this are probably from my Twitter account, and you guys have been awesome allowing me to do this and people actually wanting to listen to me or see me or read my tweets, which blows my mind. I, I wouldn't listen to me, but... You guys blew that up. It had like 1,500 favorites in eight hours. I just said, Baker Mayfield of the past seven weeks is the franchise quarterback. So, Aaron, I think that you were on a good point when you say that Cleveland fans, they're with you on this one. They they feel it. They feel it um, in their souls. But what have you seen that has solidified your thinking and he's definitely the franchise guy? That was a long-winded intro. Now I'll let you talk. Well, I mean, for one, he's a he's a leader. Like I've never like he just takes control of any situation, and I think that plays more like a big, almost as big a part, if not bigger, than you know the talent he shows on the field too. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. His, you know, he, he's never had a teammate that's not loved him, which is a common misconception in the media, but yeah. Right. I mean, he has his own, like, his own flair to him. He's, I, I don't want to say icon, but he's, he's definitely a, definitely someone people will recognize. Mm-hmm. I think that probably is a big part, you know, franchise quarterback. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a, also along with the, the whole being able to, to, uh, adapt to the, all the all this NFL situations he's been in yeah. for the last three years. Like you said, four different head coaches. I mean, who else could do that? I, I bet you can't name another person who's probably been through that many coaches. And, six, and had somewhat and, success at the same time. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, um, to be nine and four at this point and your three of your four losses coming to very good teams... The Raiders game should have been a win. Um, not should have, I guess. Well, I hate that, that was, saying, but you can you can contribute. Yeah, you can contribute that to bad weather, though. I don't think they lost. I think that was a circumstantial. Yeah, I understand I what mean, you I really say, but I I've got to stick with my guns. I say on this podcast and across the board all the time. I hate when people say should have won or like I should have won that because they didn't. And I understand your point about the weather, but that. That's what drives me nuts is they were playing Las Vegas. And see, when you come into Cleveland with terrible weather, you got to be able to beat these fair weather teams like Oakland or Las Vegas has been in the past, um, you know, however, 20 years. Like they kind of what they did with the Texans. The Texans came in playing in Houston and they had terrible weather and Cleveland just pounded the crap out of them. That's what they should have done. If you have Deshaun Watson on your team, though, I mean, you, you, you always have a chance, but the thing with the Raiders was it was the whole they had sole possession of the ball like ninety percent of the game. Right. Like, what was it? What was it? Um, possession time there is. I'm pretty stupid, sure I read it was like forty to teens. Yeah, I bet it was, and that was that was because the Raiders could run up the middle, and that's like the area of the defense that the Browns probably need to invest most in on this offseason. Well, luckily they'll have when, Andrew I mean, Billings coming back. Andrew Billings will be a big, um, huge improvement over Larry Ogunjobi right now. And uh, Jordan Elliott, my guy, Jordan Elliott, my favorite player that we drafted this year, has been playing, has been balling out. He just needs more time and obviously needs to improve in a couple areas. But um, so talking about the run game and kind of what we just failed to stop against the Ravens on Monday night. What what were your what were your key takeaways from that game? That probably the game of the year for any the for all of the NFL. Gate. <laughs> Poopgate. Hey, he can do whatever he wants. That that was if you know that was a it was you can't write something like that. I don't care if it was pooping or cramping. No, we're not. <laughs> when uh when uh Trace McCharley went down, I'm like, oh man, now what are they gonna do? I mean, I mean, who's, who's even their emergency quarterback? RG three. No, RG three is out with an injury. Oh yeah, that's right. I think yeah, I would assume. It, I th- I might be I might be Miles, tripping. I can't remember who it was. There was a no, it's not Miles Boykin. I don't know. I mean, you know our what the quarterback is? Well, maybe we have two on the roster. Well, okay, so say say those two went down. You knew he was actually listed as an uh, emergency quarterback? Yeah, I, I believe it's Jarvis. 
Sure is. How yeah. fun would that be? <laughs> I mean, it's not that crazy. Oh, He's got the highest QBR in the, in the league. He really does. Yeah, I think I don't think he's missing in his career. I think he was like what four for four and one touchdown or something. I don't know. He legitimately has the highest QBR in the game right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. What was it? What was it? Him standing in the pocket, like you saw. He saw that receiver coming out, and he just held one of that ball for, for right. some reason. I don't he's, know. He's got. He got to make the play. So he got rid of it. But he couldn't. If if you watch the replay, the he was wait he had to wait for the offensive line to get over there in front of Baker, and I'm sure he had stern 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 rules. Do not throw that ball if the line's not over there, because Baker is just sitting over there. Yeah, he could have got absolutely drilled, but uh he let the offensive line oh, get over there. Oh, okay. I thought maybe he just was waiting for Baker to get open. Or I, I didn't know what they were doing. I watched the replay on Twitter, and yeah, the whole offensive line shifted over there. So I, it, those plays drive me nuts and still get me going at the same time. Like I don't know what to think of them. Oh, yeah. They terrify me. But, um, so I think the most important thing I took away from that Ravens game was that. Baker Mayfield finally showed up against a good defense. It was the first time in his career that he's legitimately showed up against a good defense. So that was that was very uh, relaxing, relieving to see. Now I still he's got to he's got to do it against the Giants on Sunday. That's a good defense, and then Week 17 against the Steelers. I mean, he's got to keep it up. Um, he's been fantastic the past seven weeks, but. He, you with the first overall pick, there's a lot of pressure and anticipation for that player and maybe unfair expectations. But you still want to see him do a little bit better. He just and these past two weeks, he he couldn't really have been better outside of that interception, which it's gonna happen. I mean, you can't complain about everything that happens. I guess I'm more just saying I want to see it over a bigger sample size than two games of just this top-notch play. But you know, he's up there in the top four for QBR. He's up there as the best. I think he's the highest QBR or PFF grade in the fourth quarter the past like seven or so weeks. So, I mean, he's, he's doing fantastic. He sure is. I think that goes back to the whole uh, settling in this offense. Like we, like you know, you said earlier, this is uh, fourth offense in three years. I think more. I mean, he's gaining confidence. You know, as cocky as he is, you know, he's he he needs that confidence to play well. Like I mean, he. Oh, I mean, he may put on a show like that. He it doesn't bother him. You know, probably does deep down. So the more he settles in, the better he does. I think we're. Yeah, I completely agree. I, you know, he's so for his career, he's got 10,000 passing yards, 72 touchdowns, 43 interceptions, a 61% completion percentage, and a 88 passer rating. You compare that to Josh Allen. He's got 8,800 passing yards, 58 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 60% completion, and an 87 passer rating. But if you were to ask a random person on the street who had been better throughout their career, people are going to say Josh Allen because people love 
people love listening to the big media and big media makes Baker out to be some terrible quarterback. So I just, I, I don't know. It's like you were saying um, with the, what people that aren't Browns fans love to say, and it's just whatever the big time media is feeding them. And usually it's baloney to be, I mean, that's just the only way to put it. Well, to be fair, the Bills have had some pretty good. I know, I guess we beat them last year, but beyond that, they now have some success the last few years. And I mean, you know, the Browns were barely mediocre um, two years before this. And I mean, now they're having success, and now the media seems to be dying down a little bit. So maybe, maybe it just takes winning to change the media's mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it really doesn't matter, but um, it it is. It is quite annoying that, you know, one, people pay it any mind. Uh, guys like Colin Cowherd, I've had blocked on Twitter for, you know, a year now because it, wh- while he's obviously great at his job and one of the best to ever do it, he just, he lives to get Twitter clout, um, which is whatever. But, so, you know, I... I'm changing my mind. We're not going to talk about the Giants game because for the first time in our lifetimes, the the Browns are in the playoffs. Um, if they don't make the playoffs at this point, yeah, I'll never, I, I, I don't know. I'll never talk to a single person again. Uh, you just basically got to beat the Jets and you're in the playoff. So, Hopefully. I think right now they have like a 96% chance getting in. Um, oh, that's I thought I thought that if they beat the Ravens, it'd be a ninety-six chance. And then, um, but I think can't they clinch it this weekend though, or do they just? Yeah, I think they can clinch it this weekend. Yeah. So, unless uh, unless that's just assuming that they're going to beat the Jets. I don't. Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> but it's it's so crazy because this is just such a well-coached team. I mean, they. It's a a weird off season. We see we're seeing veteran coaches not being able to hand this off handle this off season correctly with how players are acting in the locker room or how players are acting on their own time. But there's been no leaks coming out of Cleveland. There's been no drama. There's been very very little amounts of COVID um, people sitting out due to COVID, uh, and all that's it. It's really come back to the coaching, and like Kevin Stefanski's got to be in conversation for coach of the year. Absolutely has to be. Man, I wouldn't be surprised if he's almost unanimous right now. Unanimous coach of the year. Well, I think there's going to be people that vote for Brian Flores. There's going to be definitely Mike Tomlin votes. And, you know, I'm not saying that those are wrong, but, um, it's just the way he changed the culture and Brian Flores did too, but I, I don't know. I think that in the playoffs, this, this team, as long as they're not playing the Ravens have definitely can play with anyone. And I'm not saying they can't play with the Ravens, but the way the Ravens play just did not work with how the Browns want to play defense at all. I mean, they were pretty. They're they're pretty banged up though in the secondary. I mean, I know that's you know that's an excuse, but 
I think it would have been a different game with Ward. I really do. Right, but but no. Um, go ahead. Uh, Kevin Kevin Stefanski. I, I don't know if it's his um just the way he plans plans the week out, plans the game out, but every single game is close, almost by almost by design, I guess. Like it seems like they just always find a way to win, no matter. Yeah. I mean, but then, yeah, like by one possession every time they'll they'll make it a game, but they always close it out. I mean, how many times in the past will we see the Browns just fall in those games? Yeah, I mean, ab- great quarterbacks, great great coaches find a way to win. Um, hold on. No, I just feel like with him, there's always a chance, no matter who we're playing, he'll he'll figure out how to keep us competitive. I mean, well, we might not win every game, but I, I think he'll always keep us in there. Those yeah. first two Ravens and Steelers games, I think were, those were a fluke, obviously. Kind of just had to get uh, settled in. No offseason. Yeah, and I... Had to figure out what to do. I think something that's definitely important is that the way this team is designed is it can play in close games. Uh, they have two of the best running backs, definitely the best running back combination in the league with the best offensive line in the league. So, you know, they're, they're not trying their Their plan is not to put up 40, 42 points. Like they have the past two weeks. Like that's not what their goal is. If, if Baker's dropping dimes, they're going to let it happen and they want it to happen. But their goal is to get Baker going early, getting some yards, opening up the defense, and then just running, running and running and running. And I mean, right now, Nick Chubb's averaging 5.9 yards per carry and 4.6 of those are coming after contact. That's 4.6 after contact. That's higher than most people are averaging just yards in general. It's absolutely insane what they're doing. Do you know what? Do you know what is uh that fourth quarter set alone is like yards after contact? I think it's up in the tens on the in the fourth quarter. Like I think it's like ten point six or something, or maybe that's how many yards he's averaging a play in the fourth quarter. Are you pulling this but out that, of your I mean, butt? No, look it up. I, I saw the stat. I think I I think I saw it on Monday. I think yeah, I think that's when I saw it on like at halftime or something. Fourth quarter. I don't know how to look up this stat. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> it was one of those goofy ESPN stats where they, or whatever, not ESPN, but just sports stats where they try oh, to Oh, I like, think I found it, actually. It's so specific to make it look better. I found it. Wow. Oh, okay, what is it? So you were wrong. The more? Yes. Nick Chubb is averaging 12.6 yards per carry in the fourth quarter. The next closest is 6.7. God, that's that's crazy. That's that's exciting though. Like they always say, don't you know, don't pay running backs. But I mean, he's got to be someone you pay, right? Huh. I don't know. This he's the only player in the league that has me conflicted. Um, you don't want him to walk and hurt you. That way, but you also pay a running back and you are strapped financially. You can't have receivers. Right. You can't have the line you have. You can't. If you're paying your quarterback and your running back, you, you all, now you have to get rid of Joel Batonio and J.C. Treader. 
or Joel Petonio and Jack Conklin. You can only have one guy you're paying on your lines. You won't have Wyatt Teller. You're not paying OBJ and Jarvis. And so then all your money is in Hooper, Mayfield, and Chubb. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the Hooper signing. I'm really not. Like I mean the joke he's been off he's been pretty injury injury riddled, but he I mean he he can play when he's playing. I and agree. then that Harrison Bryant, the guy, he he looks pretty he looks pretty decent. So maybe what if like they dropped Austin Hooper? Or not oh. dropped him, but traded him or something, and then uh maybe halfway through the season when they prove Odell is healthy and whatnot, why why not get rid of him too? I mean, that would that would probably free up enough. So, Ninjuko's Ninjuko Ninjoku is free agent, um, and I'm the biggest Ninjoku stand that there ever has been. Most people know that. Um, I think he's a free. I think next year is his fourth year. No, it'd be his third year. Next year's his third, fourth. This is his fourth year. Um, right. So you can pick him up or not pick him up. So you can't drop Hooper until 2023 or trade him. He has a dead cap of 14 million and 9 million in both 21 and 22. I think it's so you're going to be paying Miles Garrett. You already have. You're going to be paying Baker Mayfield most likely. You're going to be paying Denzel Ward. Um, so you're paying Jarvis Landry. You're paying Joel Batonio. You're paying Jack Conklin. You're paying OBJ. What about what about uh, Vernon Davis getting rid of him? Maybe um, Olivier Vernon. You mean? Or yeah, I'm Olivier. Yeah, he's. Vernon, I mean, one? he's out of here after this year. Um, this is his last year. I, so. I mean, that, well, he's he's on like 11 million, I think. Something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. So his contract is actually doing the opposite of OBJ's. Olivier Vernon's has gone down. Every year, but it doesn't. He's this is his last year on contract, but before his restructure, he was going up in price every year. Um, but he restructured. I wouldn't be surprised if he signed back if he wants to restructure again on a one year deal. Sheldon Richardson, I think next year is the, is the first year where he's not going to have a cap hit. Um, I believe that he's able to be traded or dropped. Yeah, so next year his cap hit goes down to one million instead of the fifteen it would be this year. Um, my point is you don't have that much money to throw around the NFL, and once you pay Baker the quarterback money, you it starts it starts to dwindle. I I would be surprised if they pay Nick Chubb. That's that's what I'll say. That I'd be surprised if they pay Nick Chubb. Really? Yep. That's that. That's sad. I got I he's the other jersey I bought. Uh, oh. Just analytics, analytics. If they're basing their signings and drafts and all that purely on analytics, no morale, like team morale, no just gut feelings, they're not signing Nick Chubb back. Uh, analytics just say you cannot sign a running back and succeed. But they might go on a little bit of, you know, he's the team favorite. Like everyone loves this guy. We got to keep him around. You never know, right. really. So, so are you more of like a are you more of like a mix analytics and mixed football guy? Like, do you kind of swing both ways? Mostly, kind of going towards analytics, though. Um, I'm a hundred percent analytics because I've I I really? look at I look at it like this. I can think that I know what's going on, so um, 
give you an example. Um, I don't have a good example. Okay. Um, <laughs> but all right, I got a good example. We're, we're we're just watching the Browns as the first time ever watching the Browns, and game goes by. Denzel Ward's never mentioned ever once. Uh, maybe twice, once or twice he's mentioned. And I think someone asked me how he did, and I go, "I don't, probably not that good. He didn't. He wasn't talked about that much." Well, these analytics people are there watching every single player on every single play, so they watch him and they think, "Okay, they they say, okay, he covered this guy the entire ga- time. That's why he wasn't ever mentioned. He wasn't. They weren't throwing it to him. So he grades out at like a eighty-five overall, which is extremely high. But me and you are here yeah. saying, "Oh, he played terrible. We didn't hear his name once." So that's why I lean towards the analytics because these guys are able to watch every player, every snap. And, you know, I get to watch the quarterback, the offensive line, the defensive line. Um, and even then, but I'm not you, able to watch be, every team player. You be, you being a, you know, you're obviously you're pretty knowledgeable about this kind of thing. But you also playing sports in high school and, you know, may, you know having success like you did when you were in high school. You can't tell me you don't have like any sort any sort of gut feeling too. You can't tell me you just completely go analytics. Oh no, I understand that there needs to be in a locker room, especially um, with the front office and head coach down to the players. There needs to be a morale. Um, that's why I think personally, if OBJ or Jarvis goes, it's going to be hard to keep one of them. That it's gonna it's they're gonna be upset and that's analytically speaking you want to keep Jarvis around probably and try to maybe trade OBJ for what you can get just for his cost I still think OBJ is the most hated on superstar in the NFL and I hate the narrative that he's I hate the narrative that he's the Browns are better without him or that Baker's better without him that's any if anything that's a slight on Baker Mayfield not being able to get the ball to a superstar talent but you know, obviously, but, but I mean, just, you're right. I get that, but aren't they kind of like? I mean, it's. I I, I agree with you completely. I, I think trading OBJ or getting rid of him is just asinine. But I mean, as soon as he went off the field, Baker completed like 22 straight passes. What happened? What was up with that? He started like 0 for 5 too that game. I'm not gonna say that the Browns aren't playing better without OBJ, but they are not a better uh, team. Baker. It, that's a slight on Baker. That's like, that's like me telling you, oh, what the? That's like me telling you, all right, you're gonna go, you're gonna go do this drag race. You got a Lamborghini in the back, but I'm gonna give you, we'll shout, it, throw it back to the old days. I'm gonna give you this Bumblebee Dodge Neon. Like, <laughs> so thanks for referencing that. <laughs> so let's say you have to take the Neon and you win, because the other guy's engine blows. Well, you see, you won, but were you really the faster or better person? No, probably not. If you add the Lambo in, and maybe it's a little much at comparing OBJ to a Lambo, but from 2010 to 2000, from 2014 to 2019, 2018, he was the best receiver outside of Antonio Brown that we, we watched in the NFL. Um, and I just... I just, I don't know. The whole OBJ thing, I can go on forever about that. I get in a lot of, I disagree with a lot of people on the situation. I'll say that. 
I understand your point here, but I think I think a better reference would have been like his in, engine doesn't blow, but I'm just more comfortable driving the thing I'm familiar with. That you know the um, Dodge Neon Bumblebee car rather than a Lamborghini. You know I've never drove that Lamborghini, so I wouldn't know how to handle it, and I'd probably freaking wreck it. But like the Dodge Neon, you know, I'd, I'd already be familiar with that. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Like Landry and Baker had a, that chemistry, like they're already familiar with each other. Yeah, and, but like, but maybe he's still trying to figure OBJ out. I think that's a lot of it. But also, I think you look at Baker in Oklahoma. He had Dede Westbrook, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, all on the same team. So. Right. He had stars everywhere. Those are all three huge college stars. And oh, there you are again. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I keep forgetting. <laughs> and uh so he he needs to be able to figure out if OBJ's here on this team next year, he needs to be able to figure out because OBJ's never once complained about the passes he's getting or not getting, and he's never he's still down eighty yards down the field blocking. Um, oh yeah. I'm not, no. Well, who's that for? It was right before he got hurt on the during the Cincinnati game. Yeah, he was blocked for Lancer or something. That was yeah, that was pretty cool. I um, especially he was blocking for Landry. Yeah, but last year during the Ravens game when they won and he was down the field blocking, that was that was the moment where I was like, okay, he's he he really does just want to win and be here. But um, I don't remember that. Was that one? Was that one? Baker was going down the field with his arms out. Like I can't remember exactly like what like play it was. Trying to take off. <laughs> I can't remember, but I know I'm pretty sure it was against the Ravens. But um, okay. Yeah, I can't remember what game it was now. Um, and I can't I can't think of anything else that topic wise I wanted to talk about. Did you have anything? Anything about the Browns? Um. Oh, I had some, I had something too. I was gonna ask it earlier when you were talking about something else, but I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Mm. Oh, hey, what'd you think of his touchdown run? He kind of skewed, huh? Baker when he threw the ball against the dog pound wall, I started shaking. I have never been so excited that was i was just like i sat up and looked at julia and i was like this is it this is this is playoff football browns are playing meaningful football uh i couldn't believe it and that was that was the moment that touchdown run in my mind so so you you and i were obviously high state fans too and we've been entirely spoiled every year of our lives with that team like, I can only remember one bad year they had, and we've been, you know, aware enough to watch football, and that was when they had that whole scandal. Uh, do you, but, you know, you get, you kind of get used to that feeling of being hyped up and nervous and, you know, sweating and jumping up and down for a Ohio State game. I mean, but did you have that for the first time on uh, Monday against the Ravens? Because I did. That was the first time I actually, like, Hands are sweating, couldn't breathe. No, the last, the first time that happened for the Browns was against the Broncos on Saturday night, Baker's rookie year. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Um, Miles Garrett sack. <laughs> you must not have heard I'm no longer a Buckeye fan. I 
have not been a Buckeye fan since probably God freshman year of college. Whoa, no, this this is news. You're kind of breaking my heart right now. Oh, every everybody on my Twitter page knows it. <laughs> uh, I get a lot of hate for it from all 2,600 of them. But the I. I don't know. I like Justin Fields this year a lot. I it's the Buckeye fans. It's the Buckeye fans. The Buckeye fans. They're. Just, I mean, they're just. So, we're you so used to winning? They're arrogant. So we're just you're cocky or arrogant. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> so bad. What team, this year? what team now do you like? In college football. Oh, obviously college. We're talking on the Browns. Well, podcast. I didn't know if you meant basketball too, because college basketball. Uh, College basketball, I tend to I tend to like watching North Carolina. Um, yeah. But really, just college in general, I just I just enjoy watching it now. I don't have to root for a team, and I can kind of be more. Uh, it's nice because in professional sports, I'm the most biased person there is, except for now with the NBA. Oh. I've got two NBA teams, obviously. Lakers and Cavs. Yeah. I've been a Lakers cool. fan since birth. No, you <laughs> right, and you're also a uh, Yankees fan, and all that good stuff. Dude, Cowboys changed the game, man. What's up with that? Oh, I mean, who do you think change it to? I think it's, I think it's crazy that people are angry that they're changing it, um, because, like, it it. It doesn't hurt anybody to change the name, but it might hurt someone to keep the name. And it's just at that point, it doesn't. It's like it's useless. I think they're gonna go with either the Spiders or the Guardians. Probably um, the Guardians. The Guardians were the name that they had during the Negro Baseball League era, and the Spiders, what they had uh, for like twenty or thirty years or something. Um, if if they name themselves the Cleveland Spiders, my co-host of the other show, I don't know if you've ever watched it, John Kaufman, he has the Twitter handle at Cleveland Spider, and I'm telling him, I keep telling him, change it to Cleveland Spiders, and right, get, get that, that pretty pocket lined with some <laughs> cash when they change their name. So you're telling me all I should, all I got to do is just. Just go make, make 10 Twitter, Twitter accounts Twitter. with whatever they can make no, it variation-wise. Right, and then they have to pay me like a million dollars for that? See, I don't think they would pay a million dollars, especially if they wait, see wait. that it's like a brand new account with a couple of followers. Twitter might just say, hey, your, your name's removed. That's probably, yeah, that's possible. I, that's how I would okay. do it if I owned Twitter, but... <laughs> Uh, luckily, I have my name across all platforms. I just have what, to what add if, two S's. What if, <laughs> what if I just, you know, make a bunch of other fake accounts and follow that, follow that account? Then, honestly, you deserve the money at that point because that would take days, weeks, <laughs> months of yeah, grueling that's work. That's fair. Um, you want to help? I mean, split it 50-50. No. No, I don't. I'm I'm not tired of social media, but it's hard keeping up with social media these days. Uh, that I just sound like an old man there these days. Yeah, these these kids and their technology. I know, and especially now I'm trying to grow on TikTok, and I don't understand that app, the algorithms. You don't understand that. I kind of liked your one with uh, Julia and the whole. Uh... <laughs> Like the, the mac, mac and cheese one. Like yeah, so then, I don't know if you remember the caption, but it said, 
Chandler made me do a TikTok with him for his birthday. It was her idea to do that TikTok. Uh, sure it was. It was. I I can't understand the algorithm of that. I am not bragging here, just simply saying I well, on Twitter, when I started trying to grow on Twitter with these podcasts, I grew instantly. And it was like I understood it. It was like super simple on how to grow. TikTok, I cannot figure it out. I cannot figure it out. I, you know, I haven't. I've never tried it. I, I'm more of a Vine kind of guy, but that that doesn't exist anymore. So I'm not gonna. Fine. I'm gonna try again. Hey, there's Vine superstars. Vine? Yes, I remember Vine. <laughs> I don't know if you're too young for that. I mean, no, I was like, I was like a sophomore when it was here. God, I must just be old then. You are very old. <laughs> Thanks. Found a, found a gray hair in my beard the other day. Oh my god! I think I might just like save it all off now. Uh, so I just saw the <laughs> I just saw a video of Baker running in that touchdown. And got chills again. Dude, I called that. Um, somebody post posted something on Facebook, and it was like, uh, yeah, I know I still use Facebook. <laughs> it was like, um, who do you think is going to score first? And I said, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to run it in. I mean, it didn't happen right away, but it did happen. Happened the first, what, first in the first quarter or fourth quarter? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Close. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> now, how, many, how many times did he go through on fourth on that during that? I don't know. Probably, probably like six times, I think. I think I got most of them. Not all of them. See, Definitely proves he's clutch. Yeah, he's. It was nice to see. It really was. Um, man, I I don't think I have anything more to add. Do you? No, I'm done. I I talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. It, our shows usually go an hour or so, but um. Anyway, for anyone out there still listening, uh, thank you so much. It, it means a lot that you're you're out here helping us and enjoy listening to us. Uh, and Aaron, thank you for joining for the first time. Thanks for having and me. Hopefully Hope not the last. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone, stay safe <laughs> out there. <laughs>